Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hour two of the Chad Hartman Show. Henry Lake in for Chad Hartman. I appreciate you hanging out with me. And I appreciate our next guest on the uh, and first guest of the show on the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline, Dame Mizzitani. From the Pioneer Press, he covers the Minnesota Wild in the National Football League with the Minnesota Vikings, and he's joining us now. Dane, always a pleasure to have you on the uh, the Good Neighbor here. Yeah, good to hear from you, Lake. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing good, man. I am doing extremely good. And, look, let's dive right into talking about this Minnesota Wild squad because before their overtime victory over Philadelphia and mm-hmm. Saturday the shootout win over Buffalo – It seems like this team was struggling, right? Like, it's been a very, very inconsistent roller coaster of the first half of the season. Now that we're into the NHL All-Star break, um, do you think that the All-Star break uh, came at just the right time for the Minnesota Wild? Yeah, I think it comes at a good time, and I think the the two wins that you mentioned um, obviously came at a good time because they had lost three in a row heading into the games last week. Um, they obviously, like you said, they beat Philadelphia in overtime, and then they come back and they beat Buffalo in a shootout. Um, if you just flip those two results and then all of a sudden you're in a five-game losing streak heading into this week-long break, then it feels like the sky is falling. They 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 notched two wins. Now they get to kind of get away, uh, reset the mind a little bit. Uh, this team kind of feels like one that you know has the potential and it has you know all the necessary parts to be good. Uh, they're just so inconsistent night in, night out. So I think this week might help them kind of re- refresh, you know, recharge. Um, and, and obviously going into that break with two wins under your belt, feeling good about yourselves, um, I think that's going to make them even better coming out of the break. So, yeah, it comes at a good time for sure. I think it's a really good idea that the NHL has kind of implemented this little bye week thing. And, you know, either teams have a week off heading into the All-Star break or a week off heading out of the All-Star break. So the Wild have theirs. Before the All-Star break, the half of the other league will have theirs coming out of the All-Star break. But it's really just to kind of break up the monotony, um, give these players a little bit of a rest uh, over the course of an 82-game season. Um, I think it's a good idea, and I know the Wild they're making the most of this week right now. But how good, though? You mentioned them being, you know, the possibility of them being a good squad. But, but how good could they be? Because, you know, in this business, it doesn't matter what the league is, whether it's the NHL, the National Football League, um, the NBA, we, we talk about we, we get to a certain point in the year, right? And mm-hmm. they, the debate shows, whether it's first take or whatever, what do we say? Contender, pretender. Like, like I'm trying to figure out, like, what category would the Minnesota Wild fall into? Um, or 
I don't even know if we can make an assumption or, or maybe categorize them in, in either one of those ways quite yet. Yeah, it's hard to categorize them. Um, I would say, like, contender, question mark, because, like, they are going to look different. I think right now you're kind of in the, the, the final stages of the regular season before that trade deadline rolls around. Um, and I think, you know, the trade deadline's March 3rd. If the Wild perform well coming out of this break, if they perform well the first couple of weeks of February, the first few weeks of February, then the team's going to look different because Bill Guerin's going to go out and make a trade. He's proven that time and time again, um, that he's not afraid. You know, some of these GMs are, are worried like, oh, if I make the wrong move here, uh, this could reflect poorly on me down the road. Bill Guerin has shown, you know, in the past that, that he has no problem making a big move. Um, you saw it last year with Mark andre Fleury. So, to answer your question, like how good can they be? Mm-hmm. I think right now, as currently constructed, they're a playoff team. I think right now, as currently constructed, if he made no moves, um, they could conceivably win a first-round matchup if you know they got the right matchups, if they matched up well with whoever they, they were to, to see. But they could easily lose that first-round matchup. I, I think this team, as currently constructed, the, the, the ceiling is the second round, um, which is why I think, if they prefer, perform in, in February and Bill Guerin goes out and makes a move, um, acquiring you know either a top six forward or another defenseman to kind of shore up the blue line, then I, could, I think that ceiling gets raised. Um, but I think right now your ceiling is second round. I think Bill Guerin probably deep down knows that. Um, so I think if, like I said, I keep saying, if if they perform well in February, if they if they give Bill Guerin a reason to go out and get another player of, you know, of the upper echelon category. Um, I think that could take their ceiling even higher. So hard to hard to judge right now, contender, pretender, but I think we'll know in a, in a couple of weeks here. Talking to Dane Mizzitani from the Pioneer Press here on uh, the Chad Harbin Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. He's joining us on the John Schuster Call Banker Hotline. Uh, please do give him a follow on Twitter, at Dane Mizzitani, but more importantly, check out his fine work with the Pioneer Press. All right, um, you mentioned, and we know that it's true, um, that Bill Guerin is a guy that he's a, he's a mover and a shaker, man. He's going to do what it takes to to, to upgrade this team, and, and, and he's not uh, scared to make any moves. He's going to do whatever it takes to win a championship. With that being said, give me what the need is as we approach the trade deadline. Yeah, I think it's a, a forward in your top six, whether it be a center you can play between Kaprizov and Zuccarello, or a winger you can play opposite of Matt Boldy. Um, the, the, the Wild just need more firepower. I mean, you see it night in, night out. They're a different team than they were last year. They're not winning 6-5 like they were last year. They, they've gotten back to that kind of hard-to-play-against quality that, that they've been prided themselves on ever since they've kind of been in the league. And I think that bodes well. I think that that's a successful way of playing. And it bodes well, you know, heading into the playoffs. But you see it. If, if teams nullify Kirill Kaprizov, the Wild don't have much. Um, heading into last week, they were one of the worst teams in the NHL, scoring 5-on-5. Five five. Um, their power play is better than it was last year, but most of the games played 5-on-5, five five, and if you can't score 5-on-5 five five in the regular season, you sure as heck aren't going to be able to score 5-on-5 five five in the playoffs because it gets only that much harder. Yeah. So you look at the, the the roster as it's currently constructed. I, th- I think you need either a top line center or uh, or a winger that can kind of take off some of the pressure um, of the Caprisovs, the Boldies, the Zuccarellos. Um, the Wild are pretty top heavy. They have 
a solid you know lineup top to bottom. They just need more offensive firepower, and I think I think Bill Guerin's looking. Um, there's some rentals out there that that you know there's good, they're going to be available. There always are. Um, but yeah, the time is 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 coming because you know as we saw in the NHL yesterday, Bo, Bo Horvat just got traded from from the Vancouver Canucks. So maybe that opens the floodgates when when these bye weeks are done here. Yeah. All right. Let's switch to the National Football League, and I want to get your perspective and assessment of this past weekend's championship games with the Philadelphia defeating the San Francisco 49ers, and then you also had Kansas City squeaking out over the Cincinnati Bengals. What, what did you make of the weekend overall? Because I know a lot of people looked at the games on Sunday and were ticked off because of the officiating. It was officiating this, officiating that. Look, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody can say anything about the Eagles game because the Eagles flat out were just better and – and look, the Niners just ran into some bad luck. Purdy gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 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 the the backup gets hurt. They have to put Purdy back in. He can't throw. He just has to hand the ball off. So that was it was a wrap on them in their season in that particular matchup. Look, I get it. There were some some missed calls or or, or maybe some questionable calls in the uh, in the Chiefs game. Um, I I don't think it was questionable at all with the uh, the hit on Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. the kid. He has to let up when they hit to the sidelines. But, but what did you make of officiating over the weekend? I, I didn't like how it became the story, right? Like, mm-hmm. it seems like in this day and age, like, and it's, it's, it's definitely Twitter contributes a large part to this, but <laughs> anytime, you know, it, it did seem like most of, or a majority of the, the Twitter sphere was cheering for the Bengals, right? So anytime a majority doesn't get the outcome they want, all of a sudden it's it's on the refs and the NFL is rigged and this and that. Like it's not rigged. Like, you know, these guys they may, they miss calls. They miss some they make some mistakes. Um we see it all the time. But like a lot of these plays that, that I've seen pop up on Twitter or you know, these people breaking down like this this missed call or that missed call. Like in the grand scheme of the game, they didn't have that big of an impact. You know, no. everyone talks about the two third and nines they got. The Chiefs punted on you know on that possession two plays later. People talk about the intentional grounding that Joe, that Joe Burrow threw near near the back of his end zone. One, it was intentional grounding by by definition of the rule. Two, they picked up the third and sixteen like three plays later. So like there <laughs> there are plays that people are latching onto that like uh, you know it just seems like you didn't like the results, so you just didn't you, you had to find an excuse for it. Uh, you know Joseph Asai, I feel so bad for that kid because he's twenty two years old and he made a mistake. And had a, and had an unbelievable game up to that point. He was great. He was great. But like the people who are the same people who are are complaining about the, the intentional grounding that they they think shouldn't be called, or you know the third and nine are the same people saying like don't throw the flag there. Like you have to throw the flag there. It's a penalty, yep. and it is. Like it just is. It's unfortunate. Um, you know, I feel so grateful we got to watch such a great AFC Championship game because it did feel like we got cheated out of the NFC championship game with just injuries. And it was pretty clear early on the Eagles were just a better team. And it's unfortunate that, that the chiefs Bengals game is decided by a penalty and by, you know, a 22 year old kid making a mistake, but you've got to throw the flag there. So I had no problem with the officiating over the weekend. I think when we, the, the narrative should have been the next day, like, wow, like Patrick Mahomes just had his goat moment. Like, this is a legacy game. It was one that I don't think could have necessarily hurt his legacy because he's already so good. I think you could already say he's a first ballot Hall of Famer if you want. But it's a game that could totally enhance his legacy, and then it did. Playing on one leg, um, you know, he was lights out. Had some issues here and there, but look at the biggest play of the game. When, when he needed to take off, 
you saw him favoring that right ankle all game, but when he needed to take off in that moment, he turned the corner, he got the edge, he forced that mistake from Joseph Osai by simply putting pressure on the defense. And, you know, a 45-yard field goal goal later, Patrick Mahomes is going back to the Super Bowl. So I wish that was what we were talking about, and I think we're starting to kind of shift the narrative here. I think people are starting to talk about how good Mahomes is rather than how bad the refs were. Uh, But I think it was just unfortunate that the the next day the only thing people want to talk about was the refs and and not not how great that game was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Give him a follow on Twitter, at Dame Mizzitani. It's Dame Mizzitani for the St. Paul Pioneer Press covering the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, Dame, man, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show today. Yeah, anytime, Lake. All right, that's Dame Mizzitani joining us, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. All right, coming up next, how would you react to being on a ghost flight? What is a ghost flight? I'll explain. We'll do that next year. Henry Lake in for Chad. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I know that Dave Harrigan believes in ghosts. I'm not sure. I'm just kidding. A ghost flight. I saw this story on Yahoo. Traver, traveler, Traver. Traveler accidentally books four-hour ghost flight. And I kept saying to myself, what's a ghost flight? All right, so this gentleman uh, found himself in a very strange situation. All right, and he documented it on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but I see I come across these TikToks. You know, all the young people are doing the TikToks. I shouldn't even say that. It's not just young people. A lot of people are doing TikToks. But... His name is Robbie Allen, and he arrived at the Sydney airport in Australia, only to be greeted by a ghost town once he arrived at his gate. Okay? So now he was flying, of all the airlines too. Now, this is a pretty popular airline, Virgin Airlines. Okay? Heard of them. And he booked a business class ticket, so his trip would be 
extra luxurious. Sure. Um, little did he know, he probably could have saved some money. Quote, this is a quote from him in the video. When I got on, they were like, you're the only person. You're the only person on the plane, the entire plane. He At one point, the captain came over to sit and chat with him, and throughout the flight, the staff kept dropping by to check in and offer him whatever he wanted. He said, I, like, literally have the whole plane to myself. He giggles. I'm the VIP. <laughs> All right, so that in itself is insane that that occurred. And, th- and this is not the first time that that's happened. It's happened before, okay? Um, but it has to be a rarity that there's a, that there's a plane that goes from point A to point B, and there's only one individual that bought a ticket is, is on, on, that, on that flight. Mm-hmm. Now, people started commenting about it, um, and there was a range. Quote, this is literally an introvert's dream. It's me. I'm the introvert. LOL. Um, someone else having the toilet to yourself. Uh, another user. That must have been so sick. Okay. But then some people weighed in and said, my anxiety could never. Another person chimed in. How lonely would that be? And then someone said, I would be freaking out at the empty fate thinking I had the wrong gate. I I have to say this. I don't think that I could be on a plane and I'm the only person. Because, first off, I'm not a good flyer. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a nervous flyer. Pack plane, doesn't matter. I'm just a nervous flyer because it's such an unnatural feeling for me mm-hmm. when you're taking off and they're banking it to get into the route and all this stuff. And then, um, and then when they're landing. I'm better on landing than takeoff, but, like, I'm just – I'm nervous. And I'm not, like – Freaking out or anything like that. Grabbing so, the puke bang. Yeah, I, but no, no, I'm not doing that. But I am, I am kind of like, you know, kind of like gripping the, you know, grab the armrest yes, just a little bit tighter yes, than you need to. A little bit tighter yeah. than I need to, right? So, would you be nervous in a situation like that? Because I'd be, I don't want to say freaking out, but I would be extremely nervous. Well, I think I would go up to the gate agent um, several times before the flight was like, "You sure? You you really sure this is where I'm supposed to be?" You know, and make them tell me that I'm the only one, or maybe there's a couple other people still showing up on the flight, but it's mm-hmm. going to be very light. But the comment you read that somebody said, this is an introvert's dream. I'm an introvert, and that seems like an absolute nightmare. Yeah, I don't get uh, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, for the introvert, I want a pretty full flight so I can mix in. I don't want to be the center of attention. I don't want the, uh, I don't want, you know, the, the whole staff, <laughs> the, uh, you know. The flight attendants coming back every five minutes. Hey, you need anything? No, I want to be, you know, the guy in row 25, seat B. Yeah, just, uh, you know, give me a cranberry juice and some peanuts, and then I'll never have to talk to you again. That's great. Yep. Yeah, we can make this transaction, and then I'm good, and I can put my headphones on and do what I need to do. I don't like this. I don't like this at all. Yeah, I, I would have been too nervous to take the flight by myself. I'm dead serious. Now, I will say this. The. The, the there's been one flight in my life. Well, the majority of flights that you fly on, what would you say? They're like 80% capacity, if not oh, I, more than that. I can only think of a couple flights that I've been on that weren't jam-packed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the majority of them are pretty full. Yeah. I had one time, though, 
2018. It was, and I was on, I was on Southwest, and I was flying. It was an early morning flight. And when I say early morning, it was probably like, mm, I don't know, 6, 6 a.m. Leaving Dallas, mm-hmm. going uh, to Kansas City, because I was still in Kansas City hosting at the time. I must have been one of like five people on the flight. Really? I'm dead serious. Like, it was empty. And that, that was a little bit, I was like... So I'm I'm towards the front, right? Because there's nobody. On, I was literally like in a second row. There was a woman with their child, and there might have been like two other people, and that was it. And that was kind of that was a little bit awkward because I'm used to being on full flights. I wonder if that's kind of a Southwest thing that they deal with. Because you book a Southwest flight from here. I've flown Southwest one time, and the destination was New Orleans. But we went here to Kansas City, Kansas City to, I think it was Dallas, mm-hmm. and then over to New Orleans. And I remember that second leg flight was about half full, maybe. Really? Yeah, hmm. about half full because, you know, you're changing planes and doing all this stuff, and it's 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 goofy, but it works. And I remember thinking, you know, that's the first time I've ever had a seat next to me that wasn't full. This is luxurious. Yeah. I mean, far from one person on the flight, but... That's about the only time I could remember where it wasn't, you know, you're not getting the warnings of, hey, uh, you were going to need to see if anyone wants to check a bag here at the gate because uh, we're completely loaded and everyone's got way too much crap to fit in the overheads. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you, man. You have to worry about any delays on getting off. <laughs> you know, no need to just jump right into the aisle. Those people there lose it. Oh, oh, we need to talk about that sometime. <laughs> Those people. All right. Coming up next. This one, I would love to get some reaction from the parents out there because I saw this um, the last couple of days with regards to the topic being what is the age that we should actually be allowing our kids to use social media? We get to that next year. Henry Lake in for Chad. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. All right, I'm going to give you the number to the City's One Plumbing Talk in text line. And I'd love for at least a couple of people, parents out there, to use it. 651-461-9226. We do have one parent in this room right now. That's Dave Harrigan. But the question is, what is the age that we should allow kids to use social media? What is that age? And it comes up because U.S. Surgeon General Dr. Uh, Vivek uh, Murthy said he believes that 13 is too young for children to be on social media platforms. Um, It sounds like that there are teens that are allowed to be on a couple of these different platforms, um, most notably Facebook and Instagram. They allow users at that age. This is him chatting and talking about this and explaining this on CNN. What is the right age for a child to start using social media? I worry that right now, if you look at the the guidelines from the platforms, that age 13 
uh, is when kids are technically allowed to use social media. But there are two concerns I have about that. One is uh, I personally, based on the data I've seen, believe that 13 is too early. And I think that it's a time, you know, early adolescence where kids are developing their identity, their sense of self. It's a time where it's really important for us to be thoughtful about what's going into how they think about their own self-worth and their relationships. And the skewed and often distorted environment of social media often does a disservice to many of those children. But the other concern I have is that these rules around age are inconsistently implemented. We have some of the best designers and, and product developers in the world who have designed these products to make sure people are maximizing the amount of time they spend on these platforms. And if we tell a child, use the force of your willpower to control how much time you're spending, you're pitting a child against the world's greatest product designers, and that's just not a fair fight. And so that's why I think our kids need help. And what we need, which we don't have right now, is we need transparency from social media companies as to the impact that their platforms are having on kids and which kids are being adversely affected. We also need safety standards, which we don't have. In my house right now, the vast majority of products that, you know, that we buy, that I use, have some, had to meet some sort of safety standard in order to be sold. That is not true in general of social media, and that is something we have to fix. All right, and, and so I think he, mean, he brought up some really good points there. Um, I think specifically the one about self-worth and what relationships are, when you're that young, you just don't know anything. You don't. You don't. So, so, so your mind is being morphed in a way, and you're getting ingrained into some things that, quite frankly, just aren't healthy. And so I totally get that. Like, think about this. And this has been around forever. Before you and I were here, and even when we were here in middle school, high school, whatever, and we all had that classmate that was anorexic, right? I don't think that Instagram has helped any of us when we think about body images and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. There's no way. When we start talking about doing things for likes, I don't think that that's healthy. And so I think that there is some some of the points that he made there um, and what he discussed and talked about, I think are spot on. 651-461-9226. And then the one final thing I'll say before we get to phone calls is that one of the scary things I think about from time to time with um, social media is we hear, and we've been hearing about this for a long time and it's forever been a thing, is human trafficking, okay, sex trafficking. And we hear about abductions and stuff like that. Do you think that we would see a decline in some of that if we had less people? Because we see these stories all the time, right, about this man uh, trying to connect with this kid to meet up at a park or whatever. I just, I don't know, that all of that stuff kind of plays on my mind. The, uh, the to catch a predator kind of yes, stuff you're yes, talking about. Yes, yes, I'm yeah. that serious. Yeah. Uh, as a father of two girls, the oldest is six, so I've got time. I've got time, but that's really just time. More Until they're time pressing for you to, yeah, more for a phone for and to get a, to get a to Twitter account or Instagram account. I mean, this is one of, on a list of concerns, Yes, a list, long list of concerns, uh, this is near the top. This is absolutely near the top because you've seen study after study come out just recently about how social media it changes the chemistry of the brain, you know, and you know, that combined with the smartphones, you know, all the dings, you know, yep. constantly looking for likes and attention and, you know, all, all the things that it can do. And 
Did you watch the uh, the Social Dilemma when that came out on Netflix a year or two not. ago? I did not. That one that one opened my eyes to a lot. Really, and just just how our phones and social media or whatever are just geared in such a way that no other thing has been before. You know, if I wanted to play baseball, you know, play wiffle ball in the backyard when I was a kid, I had to consciously think about that. I had to then go out. I had to grab the bat and the balls and the bases and the gloves and then go out and play. You know, our phones are saying, ding, 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 play with me. Ding, you know, and that mm-hmm. that's something that, you know, I, I think we're still just scratching the surface on how that's impacting not only you know, kids but adults too, but I think specifically kids because, as you mentioned, brains aren't fully developed. And I think maybe maybe the more dangerous thing is you look at kids, you know, early teenagers. We've all been there. Our brains aren't fully developed. We know nothing. But you know what? We think we know a lot. And that's probably the dangerous part too. Well, we think we'll be fine. Yeah. Well, if it doesn't impact me, you know, I, I can handle this. No. No, adults can't handle it. Exactly, and we can. Hey, let's take a phone call from Chris. Chris wants to weigh in on this topic. How you doing, Chris? I'm doing well. How you doing, Henry? I'm doing awesome, man. Thanks for the call. Good. Two daughters, uh, one nineteen, one seventeen. The 19-year-old, thankfully, has very little interest in social media, and she doesn't. She doesn't. She uses her phone like a phone, you know, more yep. than more than anything. Yep. The youngest one, however, is heavily immersed, <laughs> and it is a battle. It is a battle that no parent should ever want or seek to find and engage in. Um, it's it's scary because I you know I check and I I worked with her and and look at what she posts mm-hmm. and you know she has to friend me on everything and follow me and all those things. Um, Snapchat is the worst, um, to me, uh, TikTok's not far behind, uh, as far as, because you can't necessarily see what your kid is viewing. Mm. Uh, you can see what they're viewing on Twitter. You can see what they're seeing on Insta, uh, Facebook, but you can't see some of those other things because they're just videos and you don't know what they clicked on and what they what they partake in, and you can't be around them, you know, 24-7. Yep. So, you know, we've had to institute rules and time frames, and, you know, I, I for a while there were daily checks of, you know, what are you using on social media? Well, and, let me ask you, let me ask you, know, you let me, let me ask you this, Chris, let me, ask, let, let me ask you this, Chris, with your youngest one that's more about Snapchat and social media and those apps and stuff like that, um, is she good though about following the guidelines or you or following the directions when you're trying to rein her in with it? No, no, not mm. a, not a, not even a little bit. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And and so you're right because she's so yeah. As uh, your your coworker said, um, you know they control our every move, and she is so independent now that you know she thinks I'm just being silly, and she knows everything, and I know nothing. And so it's a battle. And that's why I said I, we gave her a phone because, you know, she was going to school and we wanted to make sure that she could contact us and we could track her. But, you know, had I known more about social media than, uh, that, you know, as I do now, 
I would have just simply forbade it for for until she's at least seventeen, probably until now. Yeah, she's a senior, and and I probably would have just said no, no social media, no Facebook, no TikTok, no nothing. You can text your friends and you can call your friends, but I can monitor that stuff. I can't monitor everything that she does on social media, and that's where you lose the battle because. She can do whatever she wants on there when she's alone by herself in a room or hang out with her other friends or whatever. And you're just, you know, you're at their mercy now. Yep. And, and it is not a good thing at all. Yep. Hey, thanks for the phone call, Chris. I appreciate the perspective, man. And he said 19 and 17. He said the 19-year-old, we're all good. The 17-year-old, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds like Dave Harrigan's future. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that because that scares me. I mean, and as a parent, you know, what, what do you do when you're put in that position? When your kid is 13, 14, 15, you know, maybe they got their first phone now and all their friends are on Instagram, you know, TikTok, whatever it is, and say, hey, you're missing out. You know, how as a parent do you, I mean, I, I realize you could put your foot down and say absolutely not, but, you know, there's there's a, certainly a part of you then that has to feel bad like you're you're taking your child out of an element of their social circle, right? Mm-hmm. You're in some way ostracizing them. You know, all the stuff that's going on after school on the social media apps with all their friends, they don't get to be a part of it. And then they don't get to be a part of the conversations that are happening at school the next day about what happened in the, the previous night, you know? Yep. So I, I, it's it's an absolute no-win situation, I think, for parents in a lot of ways. I'm with you. All right, uh, coming up next, we'll wrap up the hour. And I got a couple of other thoughts on this topic. We'll do that next. Henry Lake. In today on the Chad Harbin Show. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, it's the Lindus Construction Time Check. Currently, it's 1.53. Time to save on energy-efficient infinity from Marvin Windows. All right, just kind of finish off that, that last topic, and I appreciate the phone call from Chris. I feel bad for Chris. I, I know you do, too, because Dave Dave had this look on his face like, Chris, I, I'm feeling for you, bro. I But he also had this look on his face like, I hope that's not me in 10 years. <laughs> that was the look you had like, oh, boy, this is. I hope this is not my future. Well, and it probably is not your future, but you still, you're like, oh, boy. It's you know, bad enough when they're six and they're trying to you know, sneak down and watch TV early in the morning or you know, they're constantly st- stealing my wife's phone. <laughs> she, you know, she's got it laying on the table. Just, they've got it and they're taking pictures of themselves. It's like. Man, I can only imagine what's going to be like when they actually know how to use these things. But I think that this is a great topic with the uh, U.S. Uh, Surgeon General because even as adults, we have issues with social media every yes. single day. Like th- there will be at least a couple days a week, couple times a week um, where I rein myself in and I'll be like, you know what? I'm not going to post that. I'm not going to like, like, you know, it, it could be maybe a comment. It could be some, and I, and I'll just, you know, like who was it years ago? Was it Herm Edwards 
or Chris Carter, one of I think it was Herm Edwards, he says, don't press send. Don't press yeah. send. Uh-huh. Where, yep. where you find yourself deleting a tweet or something like that, you're like, you know what, it, whatever. Yeah. That this is because number one, it's not it's not necessarily a productive, informative tweet. It's not this is not a game changer. This is not anything that's like super funny. It's not anything that's that's specific to a team or a player. I'm like, mm, whatever, man. Or that snarky remark that somebody says to you on Twitter, and then you kind of want to take a jab back and you say, you know what, I'm not you. Not going to worry not about it. it. Not yep. worth it. Whatever. So, um, so yeah, we. I mean, we all have to be better at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And I think of all of the platforms, Facebook is the one that I'm on the least. I, I just, I'm not really a Facebook guy. But now in this, in the article, it stated that the two platforms where you can be super young and on is Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. So and I and I'm not on under TikTok. The same umbrella. And the Snapchat stuff, that from the start seemed to be a detriment to young people. Mm-hmm. Like like you're seeing all these different news stories about teenagers in high school on Snapchat, uh, sending these racy snaps and uh, you know uh, racist snaps. I mean, just a lot of just inappropriateness on Snapchat. I never got into Snapchat. Yeah, I've never used it. You never, never used, used it. it. Okay. No, I'm I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I. Basically, don't post ever. Um, you know, I, Instagram. I joined for a little bit, and I think I still have an account, but I'm I've deleted it from my phone, so I'm I'm done with that. I just I don't know. I, I mentioned the social dilemma last segment. And that one just freaked me out. I mean, I, I'm not lying when I say the moment I finished watching that, as the credits were rolling, I opened my phone and turned off notifications for it, social media and you know all these sites that I realized. The phone's controlling my life, and this it's not healthy. It's absolutely not healthy. So, you know, maybe I guess that's a start. But I, I still find myself, you know, scrolling through Twitter or Facebook late at night and thinking, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm taking away my sleep just to what? For nothing. I probably for- lose an hour of sleep just because at the end of the night, I'm looking at my phone too too, yeah. too long. Yeah. yeah I'm it with c- you. Completely unnecessary and, and, and harmful, but we still do it every night. Yep. I'm totally with you. All right, coming up next year to kick off the final hour of the Chad Hartman Show. Look, um, I am like most people in the world that doesn't like what Russia has done uh, to the people of Ukraine and Vladimir Putin, right? He's just, it's just unacceptable. But there's something and a sentiment I can't get into that's anti-Russia. We get to it next year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 